your hosts. I am Brian. And I'm Aaron. And we've got a very special show for you today for a number of reasons. Um, We have seasons. We have seasons. This is the end of our first season. Uh, We're pretty excited about that. As we announced on our last show, um, we, we were planning on, plan A was to do... 10 episodes per season, like our favorite Netflix shows. And, uh, uh, but something funny along the way happened, uh, to, to celebrate doing, finishing out our first season, we decided to have a call in show and have, uh, you know, people who are listening to the podcast and friends and stuff like that call in and talk about hair metal. Um, but we started having, we started recording some of the calls and they got a little long and in, in the best possible way. Oh yes. They were wonderful. And, Great conversation. It was great hearing these people's memories and everything. So, you know, we might do something a little different this time. Right. Yeah. So we're so basically our 10th episode is now going to be divided into two episodes. We're going to have uh, our 10th episode, part one and part two. So this is going to be part one. Um, and we're just going to have people talk because we didn't want to have it to be too long. And you guys sitting there and be like, oh, wow, this is a two hour episode. I don't know if I have the patience for that. But just um, so you know, Dumbledore doesn't die till the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yeah. So let's uh, let's just dig in on. Uh, th- I mean, this is all callers. This is, these are people who've called in. Um, our first guest is our good friend Scotty B. Good, who we had on a previous episode talking about Badlands. Uh, he called in to check in with us. Um, let's uh, let's get to that conversation. Let's do it. This is our first caller. This is Scotty B. Good, um, who uh, is jamming in his basement right now and calling us uh, live here uh, on Hair Metal Memories. Uh, how you doing, Scott? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for, for having me back. I really appreciate it, man. I, I really dig what you guys are doing, and and uh, I've loved all the conversations and all the, the episodes I've heard so far. So uh, uh, that, that episode on the Badlands album, though, was probably one of my favorites, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's one, that's one of our favorite albums, so we're pretty excited about it. And uh, and just for people who haven't necessarily followed this, Scott, this is a follow-up uh, call, actually, with Scott, who was uh, on, I don't remember what number episode it was, but on the Badlands episode. Um, so he, he was on and talked to us about that. Um, but, yeah, just in general, uh, this is our call-in show. It's our 10th episode. Uh, we're having – it's the final episode of our season uh, before we start season two. Um, so what, what what's on your mind, Scott? in the world of hair metal well man uh you know what i'd like to explore just uh just a little bit more with you guys is that you know we we got into it a little bit about kind of the uh the demarcation of what's hair metal and what's not because some of the albums that i've seen you guys going to talk about i've went well man that's not hair metal yeah oh Uh, yeah we've made that same point yep (laughs) <laughs> so uh you know so in 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 your guys' head maybe i'll just flip the script on you guys and ask ask you guys what's you know what constitutes hair metal is it just stuff that was made between 82 and 89 or or what you For know, the most you know what, what what is it yeah i i think the the time period is definitely very relevant and very important 
I also think it's one of those things, though, is it, I you'll you'll also find it happen with like 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 punk music or something else. It, right. The more yeah. the more time you try to like pin down exactly what it means, the more you're going to realize it's really hard to do. Because I mean, right. even though they were, you know, kind of marketed as 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 fairly com or as as a, as like a common thread of hair rock, when you actually like listen band to band, they're fairly different. They have their own kind of unique languages and and whatnot so to somebody who isn't like a fan of the genre yeah it's easy to sum it up and say it's all hair rock but like you know once again it's like not speaking the language when you get into it and start listening you you realize that maybe those titles aren't super fair yeah i think it's a great question um but i i think probably our stance on the show anyway is going to be that we're not going to be purists because i mean we've you know, I've met a lot of people who are like, you know, that's not punk or whatever. And I'm sort of like, yeah. you know, who, who cares? No, <laughs> you know? no kidding, man. No kidding. Well, you know, uh, I'm, you know, actually just a, a revelation on this show. Uh, uh, I am actually a time traveler because uh, I did, you know, play back in those days. And, uh, and and then I transported into here. So I'm still probably about 23 or 24 years old. Just, uh, just so, uh, so um, nice. But, but, you know, the, you know, the, the, the thing was, I think, you know, um, you know, what was happening in LA on the, on the strip, 82, 83, you know, was incredibly influential. But mm-hmm. when you, when you look back, I, I seen a, a picture the other day of uh, a, an, early, early Motley Crue um, uh, promo picture uh, that they had. And, you know, uh, I think Mick Mars was wearing like high heels and, you know, <laughs> and they had the fishnets on oh, yeah, and all that, that kind of stuff. And, and so, and so to me that, that whole thing kind of came about and, and I don't know, and I can't remember, you know, uh, you know, back then if we called it, hair metal or not i mean it was just you know the stuff we were playing you know and uh and 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 i think it had to do with you know the you know the level of perceived talent and brian you and i've talked about this before but you know Mm -hmm. to me the you know like like winger for example red beach is a monster guitar player you know correct but uh (laughs) but you know kip winger is the biggest poser and the and the biggest you know you know, poster boy for, you know, stubble and, and, and hair of those days, you know? And see, actually, and, I and think he, it's, it's interesting to make that point. Cause like, and it, it feeds into something I was thinking of is like, everything had to be marketed a certain way by the time, especially by the time winger came out. Cause that's like 88, you know I mean? Like, yeah, if you wanted, if you wanted a platinum record, you know, if, and you were a rock and you were a rock band, there was just certain things that were expected of you. And most of those things were among them. Cause you know, and so, yeah. So you, with like a band like Winger, you have all these extraordinarily accomplished musicians who are like, man, there's all these other bands having these big hit records and we could play any of these songs in our sleep. Why can't we do this? You know? Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. Well, and, and, and he had had a pretty successful run with Alice Cooper. So, yep. I mean, yeah. he, you know, he, he, he wasn't just a, you know, he just kind of came on the scene and was a nobody. I mean, he was a. He was you established, know, he was player right? But he was clearly stuff, he know? was clearly vying for like great big success. But I mean, you know, I guess to be fair, most of them were at that time. So you know, sure, yeah. it, it, well, it can be tough. <laughs> you know, the, the the scene I was in, what you know, where where it kind of went was, is that you know, you you know, there was that that whole glam kind of kind of 
you know, part of it that kind mm-hmm. of went with it. And, and to me, I don't know, the cats I knew, they, they, they went a, a couple of directions, either, you know, they kind of embraced that and kind of, you know, did the Aquanet and the big hair and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I have a, I have an old picture of me in, in probably about 86, you know, with parachute pants and a leather vest and, you know, a Steinberger base and all that kind of stuff, man. So, you know, so, so, so I kind of went there, but then, but, but then as it, as it just kind of, it just kind of became a parody of itself, either cats, you know, kind of, kind of got into that or, or you just went really dark, man, because you, you know, you had anthrax and, and Metallica and just the whole thrash scene, you know, came on that Mm -hmm. was kind of the, you know, every, you know, and we talked about this on our episode about how everybody says Kurt Cobain killed hair metal, but, you know, to me, it was thrash and that real heavy kind of stuff that, you know, those, and, and, you know, with, you know, uh, with Lemmy and, and, uh, Motorhead and, and all that kind of stuff that, that just got, you, you know, you just got really, you know, you, you, you played very minor stuff, very evil sounding stuff, things like that. And, and so to me, you, you know, you know, to me, that's what kind of led to the demise of hair metal because it just, you know, it, you know, it, it, it really was, you know, as, uh, said you know the dude had to look like a lady man and uh, yeah. and, and, and that became kind of the you know the first thing you know if you if you look like you know women that you wanted to date then you know you were a hair metal band you yeah. know so i remember seeing a promo poster for the first poison album um and looking at that and and they were all made up and i didn't know any better and i didn't know what was going on i said those chicks are hot no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey they had hey, makeup Vixen, on. They had beautiful hey, hair. Vixen and... has some competition, man. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I think so, image is a well, big it, part of hair metal, though. To your point, and, I mean, you know, we, and we talk about the guys, but you know, for the for, for the women too. I mean, when you look at Lita Ford, you know, in the Runaways, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, talk about a just a badass woman on the guitar, man, and Absolutely. just and, yeah. and just look like she'd kick your ass. Yeah. And then, you know, after she did that tune with Ozzy and stuff like that, man, she really kind of got glammed out, too. And they, you know, yeah. and, and they tried to do that with Joan Jett a little bit. But, you know, I think Joan Jett was a, a little bit more resistive to that. But, the you know, but Vixen was the same way. I mean, you know, when you think about it, you know, Vixen and Poison really look a lot alike. I mean, they do. That's true. You know, and and so that time, too, I think. You know, they, you know, if, if they were in, if they were in rock or metal, you know, they were, you know, they had to do the same thing, man. They had to wear the, you know, the, the, the big costumes and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And I, and I kind of don't like the idea of being a purist about hair metal. Um, also on the other side of things, because as soon as you define what it is, you're going to find a hundred exceptions. And, Absolutely, man. You know, like yeah. you know, when I think about the pure, if we if we sat down and made a list of all the things that you think of as hair metal, I guarantee you, Van Halen would be a hair metal band. And I see, man, I knew you were going to say that, and, and I don't and, think and, of them and, as a hair and, metal and, band. And, and nor lucky, do I. You're, you're lucky we're on the phone, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, don't say that shit in the same room with me, man. You know, right? Uh, but but see, but the, see, that's what that's what happened when you make these definitions. That that's the kind of stuff that happens. Though is all of a sudden we're going to be referring to Van Halen as a hair metal band, and nobody wants yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I I would have to hurt somebody who said that. Uh, 
And but the other thing you for know, me though because- that I notice is that like, I mean, as far as a genre having its day where it gets to be the dominant force in like mm-hmm. top 40 radio, like Herrock had a really long run. <clears throat> I mean, you know, a lot of the other genres that have come and gone that over my lifetime that I've known have had a couple of years, like a handful right. of years. They'll have like four, maybe like really dominant years. Yeah. And then like those bands don't necessarily go away or anything, but it just kind of settles into its niche and moves along. So, I mean, mm-hmm. when you, I mean, you figure, I mean, 82, 83 is when it starts blowing up for the mm-hmm. sort of the, the glam slash hair stuff and mm-hmm. right up until 91. So they enjoyed a pretty long run. Yeah, Grinch, so didn't, Grinch didn't last that long. You could also propose that if anything killed Hair Rock, it was just the natural life cycle of the popular musical form. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Grunge came out, and after that, there was a punk revival, and both of those things didn't last nearly yeah, as I mean, long as the you know, hair metal. Really, no yeah, 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 by 94, yeah. 95, the whole, like, wave of the Grunge thing had pretty well Run its course. been done. Yeah. And then, yeah, all the other ones have about an equally long life cycle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but you, know, you know, if you recall, man, back in the, you know, so back in the early 90s and stuff when, you know, Soundgarden, Nirvana – you know, Mother Love Bone, you know, that eventually mm-hmm. what became Pearl Jam, I think. Uh, you know, when all those groups came out, they really harkened back to the 70s for their influence, not the 80s. Correct. And so to me, that's, you know, they, they kind of brought in, you know, you know, some of the stuff that was happening in the, you know, in the early to mid 70s. Uh, and, and they really kind of resisted all that blitz and, and all that kind of stuff that kind of went along with that. And then, you know, once again, you know, uh, the, the Metallica black album was, mm-hmm. was huge, you know, and, and, you know, I don't think anybody would mistake Metallica for a hair band. Uh, they, they'd mistake them for a talentless band, but not a, <laughs> but not a hair band. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Although the black so, album really got close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well that's, you where, know, they, that's I, where they I, had their power ballad, man. <laughs> I you know, I I, I I remember some uh a friend of mine said that uh, the day he stopped listening to Metallica is when is is when his sister, his little young sister, uh bought the black album and he was like, Screw it, I'm done with this, man. Mm-hmm. I can't you know. So uh and, yeah. and that and that was I mean when they hit mainstream, that's when a lot of people was you know, they, they wanted more ride the lightning and, you know, stuff like that. So that's when so, I bailed on Metallica, actually, personally, I, I heard the black album like a couple times and I was like, I don't know what they're doing anymore. I don't get this. I, you know, that one, two punch of master of puppets and, uh, and justice for all oh, th- those, those, yeah. were, that was, that, they were at their peak, man. They were at the height of their powers and, and it was so good. And then right after that, they, they're like, you know what, there's money to be made here. Let's go. <laughs> like like big big money yeah yeah, yeah. and it worked yeah. for them yeah. you know they're they're very successful and, of course. and they are now able to claim no other artist can say this but they've basically had thirty straight years of albums all debut at number one mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like literally You're no right. other artist can say that mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're so, they're huge I, you can't take anything away I mean, from them granted yeah none of those mm-hmm. albums are ones I tend to care for but whatever right, dude. Yeah. I mean you earned it you yeah they, they made multiple metal classics so you know what at that point do whatever right. you want it's yeah. okay I mean yeah most of us <laughs> would be happy would be happy to have like one record that was like a great big thing that would stand up in whatever yeah. wherever it was part of you know but they have several <laughs> oh. no kidding man no kidding yeah and 
I don't know, man. I, I, I think about, you know, I think back to those years, you know, pretty fondly and we were, you know, at, at the time I was in a, I was in a band and we were trying to, we were trying to make it and we were kind of, you know, busting our knuckles trying to, you know, you know, trying to figure out kind of what the deal was because, you know, back in those days, you know, not like now, uh, but you know, you were just chasing the deal, man. You were just, you know, you wanted somebody to, to discover you or, you know, record and, and going into the studio was like a huge thing, man. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, you know, uh, it, it was, you, you really kind of, that's what you were working for. You, you know, you were, you were playing gigs or you were washing cars or painting houses or whatever you needed to do to, you know, to try to get in the studio to get a demo in front of somebody. And, uh, you know, and, and, and you sent those things to everybody and you wanted, you know, you wanted everybody to, to kind of notice you. I, you know, I thought, you know, always on guitar, man. Uh, and, uh, just, uh, (laughs) just since I have one in my hand, I, you know, the, 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 uh, the, 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 you know, the kind of quintessential kind of eighties stuff, man, uh, you know, kind of, you know, a la rat. And then, you know, some stuff that, that kind of came out was, was just those, those, uh, they weren't even full chords, man. They were there. Oh yeah. Like power chords stuff. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. it, it, and to me, that's, you know, when you heard something like that or when you heard, uh, you know, you were like, oh, well, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, that's a, that, you know, that, that kind of defined it, man, is that, you know, it, it kind of, from a guitar standpoint, it, it took a whole different thing. And then you had to have a modal solo, man. You had to have, you know, like a, a Dorian or a Mixolydian yeah. solo in it. And, and it was, you know, and then they packaged it up and they were like, hey, this is, you know, this is what it is. And 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 I know we just kind of fell into that, man. We, you know, as as we were writing songs and, and stuff like that, we were like, hey, yeah. And, and, and it became, that became the era of not, hey, did you hear this? It was, hey, did you see this? Because you were watching MTV incessantly, you know? Right, yeah. And, oh yeah. At that point it was actually a useful resource and, you know, for yeah. finding things. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it was like, Hey, I wish he'd show the guitar player's hands more so we can figure this out. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and you just stole everything you could from that because you thought that's what was going to get you a video to get on MTV and, and, uh, and to be world famous and, and all that kind of stuff, man. So, you know, I think there were certain parts of it, you know, although I, I would deny this to anybody that asked me, but there are certain parts <laughs> of it, man, that, that, you know, that musicians of that era all changed, man, because, yeah. you know, because it, it got you an audience and, you know, uh, you know, it, that, that's kind of, you know, I know the, you know, the, the artists say that, oh, well, we write songs for ourselves and we just, we have to get out our art that we fill in our head. And yeah, but, you know, you know, you see, you know, our buddy Jakey Lee kind of, you know, playing a certain kind of chord formation and you're, and you're like, man, that's cool. And that's, you know, I need to do that too. So that, you know, maybe I can play for Ozzy one day or something. Yeah. Little did we know that he would, you know, have, you know, almost every guitar player on the planet play for him. Right. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just read a thing that I didn't didn't realize that Alex Skolnick from Testament had tried out for Ozzy's band and was like, oh, really? Wow. Very close to being a member before they called him and said, we are going to go a different way. But wow. You know, 
well, it, it, if, if we can take a side note, oh my God, talk about an amazing player, man. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't own any Testament records, but, uh, but I own every jazz album that he's put out. Uh, because it's just amazing stuff. And, oh yeah, that and guy's a be, hell of a player. <laughs> well, and and to be in 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 a band that you know obviously was touring, making records and stuff like that, and say no, I need to go to school and learn more. Man, yeah. that's you know that was you know that's something. He's yeah, he's uh, and and you know you've heard you know guitar players like that that have that have kind of uh, you know been looked at for for Ozzy's band or you know, kind of looked at, to, you know, to, you know, to do some stuff with. Uh, and uh, uh, it was, it, you know, to me, it was amazing because, you know, Zach Wilde seemed to be a mainstay, but it seemed like Ozzy always had his eye on, on, you know, some up and comer or, or, you know, yeah. some other person or whatever else like that. So, yeah, he broke a lot of guitar players, you know? Oh dude. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody that played with Ozzy went on to have another Literally career. the yeah. only reason I know who Brad Gillis is, is because of Ozzy Osbourne. Right. <laughs> I no kidding. Yep. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's no yeah. knock on, on where he came from. That's not what right. I'm saying. It's just, yeah. Ozzy's why I know who he is. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> well, and you know, when, when, when Rhodes died, man, uh, you know, uh, I was a, I was a huge Rhodes fan too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was kind of, you know, you know, Eddie or Randy, you know, who was going to kind of come out on top, you know, and, and who was, you know, the more, uh, you know, inventive player and, and things like that. Uh, but when he died, I, man, I remember all of, you know, all my buddies, all my guitar playing buddies, man, we were just like, you know, well, who in the world is Ozzy going to get to replace this guy? Yeah. And then we heard, and then we heard the Quiet Riot stuff that Randy Rhodes did, and we found out that uh, he was once a very horrible guitar player too. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so when they picked when they picked Brad Gillis, I remember we were like, you mean the guy that played in the video, you know, Rock in America? You're yeah, kidding, that guy, you know. <laughs> And no, uh, yeah. yeah, that's that a great just, guitar that, solo in that song, though. That's a, well, you know, you know, personally, I like Jeff Watson's, you know, yeah. eight finger tapping kind of stuff. That's yeah, just mind blowing. And uh, you know, it, obviously, you know, we were like, oh, he's just ripping off Eddie. That's what he's doing. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and well, and and Jake the same way, and then. And then when Zach came along, I remember when Zach came along because it was it was the later '80s that when Zach came along, mm-hmm. a lot like Randy. He looked, you know, in, in the early days, man, he had the long straight hair. You know, he was a skinny little blonde kid, stuff like. That. Yeah. And and I, I I really think it was more that you know Ozzy's infatuation with Randy Rhodes that. You know, this Zach got the got the gig. Little did Ozzy know that you know Zach was going to turn into a Viking that you know knew uh, knew no, just really uh, for that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, and and only knows if yeah, as uh, as Brian and I saw him play for uh, yeah fifteen minutes straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, we probably better move on to the next caller. Um, but you have anything else you want to say, Scott? Hey, man, I just appreciate what you guys are doing. You guys are killing it. And and I wish you, you know, 10 hundred more episodes, man. Oh, well, thanks, thanks just, dude. Just, Thank you very much. You know, just just keep doing <laughs> it, man. I, I enjoy your perspectives. I, I yell back at the 
at whatever device I'm listening on sometimes. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. That's how we know what? we've made it. Yep. What? Yep. Good. Bobby, what? Good. Next time I see these guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get but a talking to. I appreciate the, I appreciate the, the, opportunity to come and kind of chat with you guys man so yeah, and hopefully one of these days man we're all going to be uh together again and uh, uh uh mr dudley i might have to confront you on that eddie uh, on that van halen comment so uh, just, <laughs> oh shit things are going down today. I'll just, yeah. just to let you know uh, i'll start working out <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, man, man, if you can't whoop my ass, then come on, man. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah, thank you so, so much hey, for talking to us, Scott. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks, thanks for bro. coming back, man. All right, no, all right take care. All right, bye-bye. All right, and uh, for our second caller, um, this is our friend, a new friend, Greg T- De Pasquale. And I'm sorry if I'm massacring that name. I'm pretty sure that's right, though. Greg De Pasquale. He is uh, somebody who reached out to us. Um, he's a musician living in Buffalo, New York, um, that listened to the show. And uh, his was one where we really didn't um, – ex- we weren't sure what to expect. Uh, and we ended up having a great conversation with him, and we didn't want to cut it down at all. So, yep, listening uh, back to you, you're going, we, we can't cut any of this. Right. This it was really great. good. <laughs> so uh, here is that conversation. Conversation in its entirety. Please enjoy. Hello. Hi, Greg. Yes, this is he. Hi, this is Brian. Hey, this hey. is Aaron. <laughs> hey, Aaron, Brian, what's up, guys? Yeah, good to talk to you. Likewise, likewise. How are things going in New York? Uh, you know, probably, uh, the same as it's going in Iowa right now. A whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. whole lot of nothing. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, as uh, you know. Oh, first of all, can you hear me all right? Yep, we can hear you. Yep. All right, cool. I'm 38. I'm from Buffalo, New York. And uh, I love me some metal. Nice, very cool. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we listened to your track that you sent, um, and that's that's great. You guys are like pure metal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, dude, that was good stuff. I liked that a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's kind of kind of what we're going for. So, <laughs> I guess if you say we're hitting the target, then I, I guess uh, I'm cool with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. H- have you always played metal? Then, um, I mean. I don't know. It's been like a slow evolution. I mean, I, I, I probably started, you know, kind of like everyone else did. It's kind of like a, a process, you yeah. know, I, I started with, you know, your Van Halen's, your Def Leppard's, your stuff like that. And nice. Then, and then that's, you know, that's like your, your foot in the door. And then you started with you know, Van Halen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, uh, I mean, that's kind of, I think why, I mean, that's why I ended up playing guitar. Okay. You know? Okay. You know, the, the the joke I always tell people was like, I, I always wanted to be the next Eddie Van Halen, but unfortunately I ended up being the first me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so some, somewhere it, it, it kind of derailed, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, uh, but Hey, you know, you, you live, you learn, you live, you learn. But, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it started there and then kind of, uh, you know, sometimes that's as heavy as people want to go, but I kind of, I kind of followed the path. It just got, 
you know, more metal, more heavy. You know, I basically, I'm really into to all types of, of metal, just as long as it's not like kind of like the new metal stuff or like, oh, sure. Kind of like, uh, right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or like even like, like corporate metal, like, like Monster Energy Drink metal, like Five Finger Death Punch or stuff like that. Like, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, uh, I'm not, yeah, loud I'm clear, not into man. stuff like that. I'm basically, I'm mostly into like, you know, 80s stuff, you know. That's that's I would say a vast okay. majority of my record collection is probably from the eighties and nice you know so yeah yeah very cool that's the sweet spot for us so yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That's, <laughs> that's that's how I found you guys that's how I found you guys yeah, yeah. yeah. how did how did you find us by the way uh you know sometimes you're just kind of poking, poking around, around. And- yeah with really not much to do and I I don't know what I was looking for I don't know if I was actually I think it might have been. Uh, there's some, uh, there's some, some, um, not, not author, but some journalist I saw on Twitter. He's, he's got some big, like Vito Brada expose in the works. Like, he did like a, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. He did like, um, I figured you guys would take that. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. pretty excited. <laughs> yeah, you, you have our attention. <laughs> I guess he, he ended up doing like. According to his his Twitter page, he I think his name is Greg Wake. He ended up doing like a three hour interview with Vito Brada that no way is, is going to end up being like a a big piece in Guitar World coming up presumably. But I I think like a lot of things that's kind of been delayed. Yeah, you know because uh. of the the virus and everything like that. And yeah, so I kind of I kind of got on like a a little bit of a bender, you know, and I just started just you know just cranking out the white line and i was just fucking around <laughs> oh, on, nice. on, on apple podcast <laughs> and i was just seeing if there was like any you know i was looking for any interviews like you know mike tramp or something like that or and yeah. i just typed in white lion and i think that's how i stumbled onto you guys because you oh, guys cool. did you guys did um oh uh, yeah probably that was our second Pride, episode so, i think yeah yeah. yeah, so that's that's how I found you guys. Yeah, yeah. Right, our, uh, our one of our dreams, like our white whale dream, basically, it would be like uh, if at some point our podcast got big enough to where we could interview Vito Brada. Basically, that would be well, the. Well, it couldn't be. It, it couldn't be a white whale dream. It would have to be your white lion. Dream. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah. Part of that is just because we just, I don't know, when we started this, we just kind of were of, of the impression that it was just going to be us farting around making some episodes and our friends were going to listen to it and go, oh, yeah, you guys like 80s rock. But we so we're just blown away by, yeah you know, people finding us. It's really awesome. But we appreciate but it. But I think that that's what makes shows like you guys entertaining is if you're just I mean, it's a podcast. I mean, so it's a passion project and, and mm-hmm. it's like it, it comes across really is very enjoyable to listen to because it's like you're listening it's just like it's like you're just hanging out with your buds and you know you're just listening to tunes you know it's like the same yeah. conversation you would have and because it's not i don't know it's it sounds just like you guys are are into it i think yeah. that just naturally translates to people getting into stuff like that because it sounds genuine so i mean that's oh cool right on it, it's pretty yeah. genuine. That's our secret origin story. Actually, we used to talk about this shit all the time. And at one point, um, Aaron listens to a lot of podcasts, and he was like, "You know, we should record this stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it was. I think because yeah. we were talking about we were talking about the band Badlands. Yeah, 
And mm-hmm. I was like, man, n- not enough people know about this band. And like, <laughs> it, I don't know. So we were just like, man, if we could just sit down and talk and let people know like about this stuff that they yeah. should, that there's some things from the eighties that, you know, whatever stigmas they may have now, they should go back and give them a chance, you know? No. And that's, and that's another thing too, is because I mean, it's a very hair metal. It, it's a pretty derisive yeah. uh, term. It's not, I mean, it's not, <laughs> it, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It wasn't spawned out of flattery. No, you know? it's, I think it's become, a term of endearment, but it definitely wasn't initially. It was definitely, like I said, a, a term of, of mockery. It was and for sure. It, it's, you know, like a lot of things with time, eventually, you know, you kind of, if you didn't like it to begin with, or if you stopped liking it, you know, the soft spot, the absence makes the girl fonder. And so it's become a term of endearment, but to me, just, just, just because like I'm of the generation to where that kind of, when that, when that term became like a term, it always has like a, a even though I, I, I know what it is and it does have that same, it does bring about that same fondness for me now, but I was always like, like when that term became a thing, it, it just swallowed everything like bands, it, like yeah, true. Like if you weren't even, even if you weren't a hair metal band, if you were just a metal band, you became a hair metal band. Like, yep. like, <laughs> like, like Testament, became a hair metal band even though they weren't a hair metal band <laughs> yeah and that's mind-blowing <laughs> yeah I mean, like literally every band that played heavy metal except for like you know the big four and pantera right yeah. it's like er, er, unless you were those five bands in the early 90s if you played heavy metal or any really unless like you were like in a death metal band but if you played anything you know heavy metal classic metal thrash metal and you weren't one of those five bands it's like you automatically got lumped in with with hair metal and to me i don't really honestly hair metal i'm pretty picky as far as what i like of hair metal it, it usually has to have some type of i don't know it's got to usually have some type of crunch to it something tougher to it than mm-hmm. you know than, than sure. like what your your poisons would have or your bon jovis like i'm not really into like quote-unquote hair metal like that because to me that's just like kind of like that's just that's party rock to me with right and i think i think the argument could be made like with stuff like with stuff like poisoner bon jovi it's essentially pop music that just has louder guitars actually you know (laughs) that's that's probably the best way it's just really loud pop whereas you know something like if you compare that with something like you know too fast for love or something like that from the crew that's a tough record you know it's a yeah yeah, absolutely that's it's i mean it's it's all balls yeah Yeah. i'm not talking about the album cover either i'm talking about (laughs) 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 you know i mean it's 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 all balls and you know and it's like when i think of like hair metal i think of bands that have the look but they have the toughness like when i think of like like old crew i think of you know early really i guess any doc in and and like the first three rat albums like that to oh, me yeah. is like yeah you know like that to me is like yeah the, the, yeah these guys all look like boobs but like you know they <laughs> they had they had the, they had like a, a mean streak in their sound that was definitely tough enough to like you know uh, luckily i didn't grow up really i mean i grew up in the 80s but i wasn't really old enough to have that kind of side of the fence mentality where you like you look back and it's like if you were like a thrash metal dude you had to hate the hair metal dudes and like right. if you were like a hair metal dude you, you thought the fucking thrash metal dudes were like scrubs and shitty or whatever oh, i totally like, get where you're coming from man i'm yeah i'm 39 so i'm in the same age range as oh, you so oh I, my God. Yeah. I started listening well i started yeah. listening to music in like 87 88 but i mean i was seven so i i didn't really yeah. see it 
yeah. you know, and in I, any larger context. <laughs> I think, I think it's in a way it's, I mean, it's obviously everyone takes in music, you know, differently, but for me, I, I think, although <laughs> wearing a Def Leppard hysteria t-shirt wasn't exactly the fucking cool thing I could be doing in 1984. <laughs> no. You know, <laughs> you know, I yeah. am glad that I kind of grew up after the fact, so I didn't really have a protective nature as far as like, oh, I couldn't like that or I had to like this. Yeah, sure. You know, like I just had it. I, I just always had a mindset of, and also because all the bands I liked were lumped in together as just this just derisive pile of shit, according to like, you know, mainstream, you yeah, know, basically anything. Yeah. It, it, it's almost like, it was almost like I had like, I had to take it almost like it, it leveled the playing field. It put all of these bands. It's like the enemy <laughs> of my enemy is my friend, yep. Like, yep. you know, like Testament, Testament and white lion wouldn't have fucking been on the same bill together ever. But, no. you know, by 1994, they were basically, as far as mainstream music is concerned, like one in the same. They both had, they, right. they all had long hair. So they were all just hair metal. So it was almost yeah. like, okay, well, I like that. You know, and honestly, I would never like something just because of like a, a territoriality or like a, a tribal right. thing. Right, but, like, it, it, but it can kind of point you in the direction of things, you know? Yeah, and, and, and again, it, it, it takes away the protective nature that, look, oh, I, I like, you know, testament, you know, fucking, um, you know, practice what you preach. There's no way I could listen to Pride by White Lion. I didn't mm-hmm. have that because I didn't really grow up in that area. I grew up with that stuff already in the rearview mirror as far as, like, mainstream music is concerned, you know? So it was like, it was all, like, you know, yeah, granted, as far as, like, the image is concerned, am I more a testament guy than I am, like, a, you know, a white line guy? Yeah, absolutely. Sure, like, but, you know. Fucking just... beard and denim and, you know, long hair and shit like that. I definitely am not a pretty boy like Mike Tramp, you know? So, <laughs> right. You know? So, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I was able to take that all in as, is without the, without the borders or without the walls that maybe people who were a generation older than us. Yeah. while they were in the thick of it where you maybe where there was more pressure to like, you had to be one or the other, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've talked to a lot of people like that. I've, I've made friends with some of the people who like, you know, they lived in Frisco in the early eighties or late seventies. And it was like, no, you were a punk kid or you were a metal kid. We were not friends. We didn't like each other's bands. We right. didn't go to each other's shows. Like, <laughs> and see, for me, that's just mind blowing because like, I don't know, I would, I don't really have a lot of genre limits in the things that I want to go be interested in. So I, w- I would just kind of be like the guy going, well, why can't we go to both these shows, man? Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like that if, especially if you're a musician, um, you know, and not even just like a, um, a, you know, not even just like a musician, like you just play in your room or whatever, but specifically if you're like in a, a musician in a band, I feel like if you don't have those kind of innate rules, I think that ultimately makes you a more lethal songwriter too. You oh, know, absolutely! Like, yeah, you can, I, you can draw like, multiple influences. Yes, and and if you and if you do it right, you can ultimately make make something that you're pulling from completely left field. You can make it part of, I guess you know, if you're lucky, your sound or something that is kind of becomes the, the genre that you're known for. Like, look at Slayer. I mean, they pulled from hardcore punk mm-hmm. and just you know, basically dumped nitroglycerin and, and set their sound on fire and became this <laughs> this crazy, super brutal, fast band. But, like, because of what they took from a different genre, it really 
ended up, you know, spawning the next generation of, you know, brutal thrash and then into death metal so that it became an influence that, yeah, they pulled from like dead Kennedys and DRI. But if you ask the, the bands that came after Slayer, they pulled it from Slayer. So it's like, if you have that, if you have that ability to, to kind of make something left of center, part of what your bread and butter is, I think that makes you and your band just a, a thousand times more lethal than some butthole who's afraid to do something a little different, you know? Oh, absolutely. Right. And that's like, well, yeah. why, when you look at, uh, when you look at that first wave of, of the death metal bands, at least specifically like the Florida death metal bands, like almost all of them to a T, it's not so much Metallica or, or any other of the metal bands that are like, well, Slayer. I mean, Slayer is like a big reason that we get to exist the way we do. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, I'm from Buffalo and Cannibal Corpse is from here. So, yep. you know, we're, we're not, <laughs> you know, we're, we'll, uh, <laughs> We're uh, we're well versed on that for sure. You yeah. know, definitely. Yeah. What's the metal scene like in New York? I mean, what what kind of uh, crowds do you play to, and what's what's you know? Well, right now I'm not playing to anyone. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, <laughs> right. But, but you know, if we if we can like rewind a little bit back when you were. <laughs> well, honestly, Buffalo is kind of different. Buffalo is, um, it's, um, you know, and I, and we're. I mean, we might as well not even be in the same state as New York City. I mean, we're so far from New York City. I mean, we're basically like, uh, well, it's Western New York, but if you ask like anyone in New York City, we're upstate, you know. But okay. like, I mean, we're I've like heard seven, that. Yeah, <laughs> we're like we're like seven eight hours from New York City, so it's like it, there's really no bleed over from any like any big city like that. But as far as Buffalo is concerned, you know, metal is kind of had it's it's moments here. There was kind of a, a wave in the eighties and in the early nineties, we actually had a really big death metal scene and, you know, coincidentally it kind of disappeared when cannibal corpse moved to Florida. Go figure. Right. <laughs> I was actually just watching them talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of, uh, they kind of, you know, it was better for their career, but it, you know, from what I've, I mean, it, this is just basically from what I've told, I've gotten to know people from that era and from that scene. And the, the, perspective i got was that basically cannibal left and then it was just that was it you know i mean it was just they, took, was they the took the mojo that. with them <laughs> yeah basically well i mean they're the biggest death metal band probably of all time sales wise yep. they're not the biggest and they're definitely in the top two or three probably so yeah. it's almost like well if, if, if you know if you know if the big the big game is gone well then you know what else do you have i mean there was a lot of other great bands did like demos and seven inches i'm like a big musical archaeologist for shit like that you know nice. and, and, it, yeah. and it's great but i mean yeah it, basically once cannibal corpse left it, it was it seems like it's mostly been a city here for like you know hardcore is really big here hardcore punk and you know just punk and shit like that like that's that's kind of i think as far as like hard music is concerned hardcore is probably the 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 best healthiest scene you know <laughs> okay. as far as buffalo's concerned so usually if, if that's super like interesting if, wow yeah it is the band that I'm in, Fatal Curse, we actually, I mean, we live two and a half hours apart from each other. I live in Buffalo, and the other three dudes, they live in this little town outside of, I guess, Ithaca, New York, called Moravia, New York. And so it's like, oh. you know, we're, 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 our, our cities kind of live like an hour ish outside of Rochester, New York. So we're basically kind of like a Rochester band, I guess. Okay. And so we, <laughs> So, constant, so subsequently, we play a lot in Rochester, and now that's where that's where the, the I guess for you know air quotes local metal scene is. Okay. You know, for you know all the tours, tours for metal bands, they, they almost always hit Rochester. You know, so the scene for metal is definitely way stronger 
in Rochester always. I probably uh, deviated tremendously from the the initial questions <laughs> no no no, no, no it's all good yeah that's 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 our favorite part about doing a podcast is uh it is the rabbit holes we go down actually the, yeah, yeah this and the last call both yeah got into yeah. uh, uh metal yeah. quickly yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, and uh, yeah. Aaron, I had yeah. tickets to see Cannibal Corpse, uh, right? Up, but oh, was Napalm Death? Oh, Napalm Death. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, well, I love Napalm Death too. I mean, yeah. they're I so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just, you want to talk about a band that's just, I mean, they're just they're a pummel factory, and they've been a band <laughs> for you know 35 years, and they're just yep. there's just no quit, there's no let up, and they're just you know, yeah, they they are you to, to really kind of. To me, that they will always be the first name in grindcore. I mean, yes. they, I mean, I I know Mick Harris invented the term, but like, they to me will always be the ultimate grindcore band. Like, there's really no. Well, there's not. There's not any. There's nothing grindcore before that. I don't think. I mean, I mean, there might have been bands I mean, that kind of towed that line or were kind of close to it philosophically. Yeah, but. I, yeah. I would say that to me there's like you said it, it towed the line it had elements because obviously everyone has influences and they pulled from something and they just took kicked it into a higher gear but as far as grindcore is concerned you know what that sound has become known to be you know they are it to me is i mean without going into the rabbit holes of well this band did a demo in 1984 right. you know <laughs> yeah. like which, I mean, that exists, that is there, and they definitely had those influences. But to me, the grindcore sound, as it's commonly known, it begins with, you know, Napalm Death or maybe Repulsion. You know, I would say. See, that's really tough because, I mean, yeah, because they were both. I mean, because Repulsion is also like half a world away, but at the same time yeah. and roughly yeah. philosophically consistent. So it's tough. But it's, it's the same thing as trying to peg it. You know, when you say was Scream Bloody Gore the first death metal record or was it Seven Churches? Well, you know, that's that's basically the same conversation. And, and honestly, you could. Oh, man, I don't even know if we have time for that conversation. I know <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's another one that opens up a whole bunch of stuff just like this. If you this, want to but... talk seven churches versus scream bloody gore, I mean, we could probably go for an hour on that alone. Yeah. Could... The funny thing I noticed, the little bit that I noticed about it was Chuck Schuldner in an interview said, I think more attention needs to be given to seven churches as, as the real start of death metal. And uh, around the same time, I found an inter- interview with uh, Jeff Becerra, and he was saying, he was saying, well, I mean, you know, we were kind of that, but he, I think Scream Bloody Gore is the first death metal record. <laughs> I think it's, it, for me, if you want to say, I, I guess the reason why, and I've actually, I've changed my opinion on this probably a few times in my life, uh, you know, uh, does... Scream Bloody Gore happen without seven churches? I don't know. I can't a fair say point. I can't say that I can't say definitively that Scream Bloody Gore happens without seven churches. Because see, you or, could or, almost or, say, or, like, or you know, what what happens to death metal if we don't have a rain and blood? Right. That too. But so also, it's it's kind of like, complicated. <laughs> but I, so it's almost it's it's very chicken and egg, you know? But yeah. like I, I will say that while Scream Bloody Gore might not have existed without seven churches. I do think Scream Bloody Gore is a better example for the template of what death metal ended up becoming. And I think probably even more so than Scream Bloody Gore, I would even say Leprosy, the second death record, is probably more of a better template of what death metal was going to 
kind of become over the next, you know, five or six years or whatever. So I would say, you know, I guess at the end of the day, you kind of have to always yield to possess. And, yeah. you know, I could, I, again, I could change my mind on this, you know, in six months, like I inevitably do. That's the fun but thing about I, music. I, yes, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, and I think that, you know, because I can't say seven churches or, or uh, Scream Bloody Gore would have happened without seven churches, I think you got to go to seven churches. That's although fair. I do think, although I do think Scream Bloody Gore is a better example of what death metal is. Yeah. Oh, and I will ask just because we've yeah. brought it up. Have you seen the uh, Murder in the Front Row documentary? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. I, I have. just and watched you know it today. <laughs> it's really cool, but you know, if you're really into that scene, I don't know if really there was. It was like I learned a lot. Like you know, I could kind of knew a lot of that stuff. You know, I had the. Well, that's the thing is, I, I'm kind of right there with you. A lot of it seemed very high yeah. altitude. But I, I was just, I guess, I was impressed that they got Larry Lalonde to talk because he's no, he's very famously doesn't like to talk about possessed. Yeah, and you know what? That kind of bums me out when I hear stuff like that. You know, it really does. I, it just, it, it is cool that that he got him, but it does bum me out when when dudes are are kind of like, eh, that's that's like my past. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, I not, think that, you know, be cool with it, man. It's part of who you are. <laughs> dude, you put out a record that that three dudes on a phone call are talking about. Yes, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, almost, you know, 35 years later. I mean, you were on spring break from high school and in 1985 and you recorded this record. And now during the middle of a, a pandemic in 2023 dudes yeah. are talking about if it's the first ever death metal record of all time. <laughs> See, yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, That's it. You know, like if, if you're lucky enough to, to leave a mark or a scar in the world of music, I mean, right. you have to just, you just sign your name on it and just, it's hard to do. It. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's hard. It's embrace it. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter how good you are. If, if you're, if your timing sucks, which you kind of don't have any control over, you know, it's it, it it's it's just not meant to be. And they were the right band at the right place at the right time. And so why would you why would you ever deny that? You know, and I don't know. Th- I think he's the only one in Primus that that is weirded out by that. As a matter of fact, he I is. Everybody else in Primus is pretty OK with. Yeah, everything. I saw a video of them playing like maybe five or six years ago and in the middle of the set. Les Claypool goes, and on the guitar we have Larry Lund, a uh, death metal pioneer from Possessed. And then, like he just <laughs> he just started talking to him about Possessed on stage, like in the middle of the set. And like he actually, I think he kind of cajoled him into playing the signature riff from The Exorcist. The da 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 It's it, as a matter of fact, I think if you go on YouTube and you type in. Primus plays possessed. I think it's a pretty easy find, actually. But it's pretty cool. Like he kind of, less less didn't really like. I wouldn't say he grilled him, but he kind of like yeah. quartered him into talking about possessed. <laughs> oh man! Stage. Thank you, Les. <laughs> yeah, like like I, the only one it seems to really bother is Larry Lalonde, and you know, yeah. I, I guess I could see if you have, I don't know, maybe if you look back and you. And you really have desires to be taken seriously as a musician. Maybe you don't want photos of yourself covered in fake blood and pentagrams and fire or whatever, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. out there. But it's like At the same time. It's like, yeah, dude, I was freaking 15. What do you want? Yeah. Yeah. But, but also in the same respect, too, like you have guys like Alex Skolnick who have gone so far beyond 
the realm of the world that he came up in as far as music is concerned, as far as, you know, Testament and sabotage, you know, he's, he's, he's gone so far beyond that, but he's, he's still in Testament and he still loves the bands that, that he grew up loving and he owns it, you know? And I just, you know, it's a bummer to see people kind of, you know, diss their old shit when it's so good. Yeah, and Primus yeah. is huge. He's got no reason to diss that stuff. It's like, you know. No, absolutely. And it's not like it's a secret anymore. Everyone yeah. knows. Yeah, we will <laughs> miss that. <laughs> you know, it's not like, you know, it's like, I remember like when it was a big deal, like, because obviously the internet really wasn't a thing, or at least if it wasn't a thing, it was very infancy. Like, I remember like when uh, Pantera was probably at their peak, like the Pantera Sucks website came out and kind of blew their spot as a glam band in the 80s and shit like that. And like, put all their old album covers and their old flyers. And they're just like, it didn't do anything to mm-hmm. affect them. Cause they were just like, they own it. They're like, yeah, they're we like, yeah, fucking, that's who we were. <laughs> we were, we were kids that loved Van Halen. You know, there was no, you know, there was really no heavy, heavy, maybe Metallica, but like, yeah, we were kids. We were just right. But they're also, yeah, heroes, these four kids from know? Texas in 1983 probably didn't know kill them all. There's at least a chance yeah. that, that they weren't super into, you know, yeah. geography, time, internet, lack yeah. of internet. So it's like, but, but they owned it. And as subsequent, I think if you try and fight that stuff, it's a worse look. And then I think people then want to try harder to tear you down, you know, but if you just own it and say, yeah, that was us. Okay. Look at us now. <laughs> you know? yeah absolutely there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> you know that was then this is now and you know we're knocking ace of bass off the top of the billboard chart so it's <laughs> like it's kind of like who gives a fuck the proof is in the pudding and yeah. if you want to look at pudding that's old and moldy that's not really relevant to what's, <laughs> what's being consumed today you know so it's like it was like, still good pudding <laughs> yeah exactly like, like who who gives a shit? I mean, that's like, I yeah. feel like that's almost like it's a fool's, it's a fool's argument. Yeah. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't undo it. You can't take it away. So you might as well just own it and then just move on. Yeah. You know? Cause everybody else will probably move on too. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And like I said, if you don't move on, if you show that's going to bother you, then people are just going to eat your ass alive with that. You know, they're just going to turn those screws harder and tougher. Yeah. Well, it's know? just like so, how many times do you have to hear? I mean, I read the different metal sites. I can't tell you how many times a day. I guess it's not quite the same as not willing to wanting to own up. But like, I mean, Mike Tramp is constantly asked if he's ever going to meet hook up with Vito again and make music, and he's mm-hmm. and so he has to face that question right yeah, well, every was, single yeah. time he gets interviewed. And we probably should we probably should get this is a good segue back to hair metal. We probably oh I didn't even intend that. We probably should spend some time talking about hair metal. That's all right. It's, yeah, it's, but that's the thing though. It's like. They were a band that really, they're a snapshot in time. And and that snapshot in time is is really those two dudes. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a mm-hmm. four-dude band, but like no one ever talks about, well, I shouldn't say no one. Well, because, yeah, because Greg, because Gian, because, Greg D'Angelo because and James Lomenzo have had long careers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't say no one's talking about him because we're talking about but not right. the, <laughs> but, but also not that you don't talk about Greg D'Angelo the same way you talk about Vito Brada. James right. Lomenzo yeah, is a wonderful journeyman, but he doesn't have the mystique of a Vito Brada, you know? You know what? what White Lion very much has a Megadeth. Well, no pun intended because James Lomenzo did end up playing in Megadeth. That's true. Mm-hmm. But like as far as like the core of the band is concerned, as long as – if White Lion came back tonight, as long as as long as well, first of all, if that happens, I'm calling you guys right back. Yeah, yes. yeah, and we're, we're going to be there. <laughs> yes. we're going to we're going to have to have an addendum to the conversation and learn about and, and, and yeah. 
you know, pursue that. But like, if they came back tonight and it was, you know, Mike Tramp and Vito Brada and two dudes that no one has ever heard of anymore, no one would give a fuck. No, nope. you know, because because it's Mike Tramp and Vito Brada. It's the same thing with Megadeth. Mm-hmm. If, if if it's the Daves, yeah. kind of filling <laughs> filling the gaps. Yep. with the whoever you want in the other two slots, it's cool. We'll find it. We'll accept it as yeah. long as the Daves are there. You know, yep. so it's like, and Mike Tramp, you know, he when when the children cry even more so than than wait uh-huh. is is kind of like it it's one of those timeless songs it it kind it of is. to me i mean I, it's definitely not as big of a song and it certainly didn't hasn't come to you know personify like the end of the cold war like wind of change but like <laughs> you know when the children cry has like that kind of feel to it where it's it's a universally themed song you know, it's it's atypical to really the rest of their catalog. Yes, you know, and yeah. if you were in a bar in 2019 and that song came on, 95 percent of the bar knows that song. Absolutely, yeah. and I'm and if anyone's talking, I'm telling them to shut right the fuck up. Yeah, you know, fair. No, yeah. no one talks. No one talks during when the children cry. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's a, that's a, you sit down, you shut up, and and you just you just let that wash over you. You know, it's just a beautiful song that that you know, and I feel like that's that's another one of those intangibles that separates like the hair metal bands of substance and the hair metal bands that are just kind of like, you know, waving their dicks around, you right. know, like, yeah. Yeah, that, that, you know, it's like, that's, that to me is a big difference as far as what I like in that genre as well too. Yeah. You know, same. Like we just did I an episode never... on like extreme, extreme three. That oh, album. I listened to it. I, when I saw that come up in the queue, I was like, oh shit, they fucking did three sides. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not you waving know? their dicks around on that, that album. No, they're they're, they're actually, talking about serious I, shit, you know? I don't remember where it was, but I remember I read an interview like maybe 15 or 20 years ago. I think it was in guitar world where some, whoever they interviewed said that. I, I mean, this probably, I don't know where they got this information from. It's probably one of those things they heard it from someone and they heard it from someone. And then I heard it from them. And I've been telling people for 20 years now too. <laughs> it's like, it's like I read somewhere that, that they said three sides is at the time, at least it was the most returned album in sound scan history. Oh, See, I really? heard it's funny you say that because the, <laughs> I heard it about something involving Gary Sharon, but I heard that it was Van Halen three. Oh well, I guess well, po- well, fucking poor Gary Sharon then, huh? I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's not something you want with your reputation. He's, he's, <laughs> and, I mean, that's that's got to. I mean, put that in the Guinness Book. Two, right. One dude, yeah. two different bands, the uh-huh. most returned album of all time. Yeah. And, see, that's, I mean, and to that point, that's one of those things because this is like a conversation I used to hear with people where uh, I, I would talk about a band or somebody that I liked and they would say, well, I went to the store and I bought one of their albums and it turned out it didn't have that song on it. So I didn't ever listen to it. And my thought was, wait, you didn't turn it over and read the track list. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's something that you feel passionately enough about yeah. to go buy it. And you're not going to do the basic research to make sure you get the right things. Like, But that's what separates the people who just that, that use music as a background to their lives and true. The people who, who have music as, as part of their lives. True. You know, it's True. like if you if you just walk into a record store and you just see the band extreme and you don't even you just grab it without even considering that a they they maybe have more than one record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Especially when really, it's three in the name guess, of it. <laughs> I guess that's that, that could be A through Z right there. 
yeah. A through Z is it, you don't even consider that they maybe have other records. <laughs> then if you buy a record that doesn't have one of the two songs that you want to hear, because let's be honest, they, if you were a, a soccer mom in 1991 or whatever, and you wanted to buy pornography, you're buying it for wholehearted and more than words. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you are a soccer mom who's three years behind the times or two years behind the times in 1993 and three sides comes out, and you just buy an extreme record thinking, oh, this is that extreme band from a couple years ago that has those two nice songs. And then you put it on and you get Peacemaker Die and God Isn't Dead. You know, it's like, yeah. you're probably going to think, well, what the yeah. fuck? But also, you don't, you don't, I hate to, to, to talk like this because it sounds kind of like, like it, like dickheaded and snobbish, but like, if you don't, that, that's the difference between people who just were all about it and the people who just wanted to just have something in the background. Oh, I don't think that's snobbish at all. You know, I mean, there's no. just people whose music isn't the driving <laughs> yeah. thing like it is for somebody, yeah. you know, like yeah. us. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And so I can totally see how, you know, some whatever middle-aged woman or whatever 40-year-old woman was horrified when she heard Extreme Free and pissed off that the two songs she thought would be on there <laughs> yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. And then returning it, yeah. you know, so it's like... Where's that nice song I wanted? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? But, yeah. so yeah, the, and you know, I, they're a band who... You want to talk about bands that just got like a, just a, a total dog shit rap raw end of the deal it's that yes. band because yeah. i remember you know obviously there's they had the two huge songs and but if you you know really sink your teeth into those early albums they had such a depth to their sound it's such a musicality that was yeah so far beyond and i even remember and this is probably and this is probably another thing that might have done them in as well too not nearly as much as the kind of band they were and the time period they were, but I remember Brian May was really, really all about those guys. And yes, I he was, yeah. He said something like, "I think it was probably right after the the concert for Life, um, when mm-hmm. which you guys were kind of touching on. Mm-hmm. I think I he said out of all the bands that were on that show, the one that exemplifies the spirit of Queen." the best in the nineties is extreme. Yep. And can you imagine like, I, that's one of those things where that's, that's, I can't imagine higher praise. No. Exactly. Also, you can't get a better compliment from a better source. <laughs> I mean, no, but that's also possibly maybe too high of a mantle to be put on. Yeah. You know, like I don't think it, it's a fair point. I don't think pe- people want to, I mean, that's cause that's like, it's expectations, that's fucking, man. That's, that's some, Oh, my God, to get put on that mantle, I mean, you're so high up that the slightest breeze is going to knock you off. Yeah, yeah. You know? and you just and got compared like, to the band that made Bohemian Rhapsody. So now people yeah. are like, oh, you, oh so you, you, you can come to that game, huh? All right. Uh, it's, yeah. it's one thing if, like, you know, the three of us are talking about, like, holy shit, this, these guys are like a modern-day queen. But then when queen, you know, is <laughs> yeah. saying yes, you know, that's right. like, yeah. that's... That's some that's some next level shit, and I think that sometimes that could backfire on bands because then, like you said, the expectation is people are going to want to hear Queen. Yeah, and when they don't, when you're not delivering them Queen, 
then they're going to... The backlash is all that much worse, right? I mean... Yeah, it's almost... It almost becomes like a a visceral, well, fuck you guys response. Like, you know, know, Brian May said you guys were the next queen. Why... Why is he, and then it becomes like, well, you guys fucking lied to Brian May. You guys fooled Brian. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you know, so it's almost like it's one of those things where hmm. I think maybe that that kind of comparison or that kind of uh, endorsement ages better than maybe it does at the time because I mean, clearly it did them. It's not like, I mean, I, after that that concert was probably their apex. Uh, Gary Schroen cites it as the apex of extreme. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's, it, it's absolutely. And if you look at them, you know, I mean, they were they were a fucking super powerful band, you know, Definitely. and like that 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 band they had they had it all. Yeah, they had it all. They had they had you know the the great songs, you know they and and they had the the classic one two punch of the front man and the guitar hero. Yeah. You know, seen, they, they had our, it all. But uh, the problem is they had it all in nineteen ninety two. You know, yes. and that was and that was probably the worst time. And then luckily for them, you know, they got in and they crossed over into pop, you know, and they have a couple songs that are going to, you know, live forever. Oh know? yeah, they're part of the lexicon you know, now. I mean they're part of the lexicon. More than words. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. I mean, holy shit. That song people is, are still covering that. Yes, that yeah. song is fucking huge. It's, it's huge to this day. If it'll be huge forever. So luckily for them, they have that. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, I, I throw those guys in with, you know, the Teslas of the world who just were. Yeah. You know, and see, there's the, another. The, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I was just going to say, because I mean, yeah. Extreme is a really good example and Tesla even more so, because I, I would not call either of those bands a, a hair rock, hair metal, whatever band. No, me either. But me either. the entire time, you know, when I was coming up learning about music, that's how they were marketed the whole time. It's timing. And, yeah. and they were. Because it was what was that, hot. So if you're a five man guitar yeah. band, we're going to try to wedge you into that. Because, you know, like Tesla is yeah. basically just 70s rock, just updated for the 80s, they, you know? I would say they're almost like a, a slightly more metallic version of 70s rock. Like you yeah. can yeah. hear, like, you can hear old Aerosmith, you can hear Thin Lizzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly with the, the dual guitar stuff and it just has like a little more metallic edge on it and it, it's just it's just fucking awesome yeah hard guitar driven hard rock which is off the charts musicality songwriting chops just completely up inside outside up the ass out the ass however you want to do it you know, like, <laughs> well when i think of bands that that absolutely just got the the shit end of the stick because of the timing, I mean, extreme yeah. Tesla, even Skid Row to an extent too. Well, you know? yeah. although they yeah, I'm glad huge. you mentioned that one. They but, were huge, but they 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 were way heavier and they had more balls. I mean, that first album, that first album of theirs is a little bit closer to kind of the the hair metal, sound. the hair metal thing. Yeah. But that second album, well, first it fucking rips front to back, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, brutal. it's yeah. markedly like, no, this is not like a poofball hair record. This no. is yeah. this is hard rocking, and we made yeah. songs about about stuff that is more than just you know, mm-hmm. hey baby, sexual conquest, and yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know what though? Unfortunately, it's almost like no matter. I mean, yeah, while yeah, they did they did toughen up. You know, because, yeah, if you're going to say they're a hair metal band, the first metal, the first album, the debut, yeah, it's probably hair metal, yeah. you know, but it's almost like, okay, by the time you get to album two, yeah, it's number one on the Billboard charts. Yeah, it's heavier, 
but yeah, your bet's kind of already made because, yep. you know, you had, I will remember you. Right. You know, and yeah. it's like, that's going to be the thing that's going to mark them for life, which is, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, but cause they yeah. did have teeth and they did have better. Uh, I mean, they had also, you know, way better songs, way better riffs, you know, than a lot of the, the people in the, and frankly, the shit that they kind of get lumped in with. And so it's, it, that, it does kind of like, I can't imagine it not being frustrating for those guys. I bet. To, yeah. And, 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 if, and you know, it does, and this is going to maybe topple over even further. Another band that I they definitely weren't as big as the other three we just mentioned, but Saigon kick. Oh yeah. Know, yeah. Okay. And that, see, that's one I'm still kind of in the process of learning about them. Cause you know, I know the song that we all know. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. And from what I'm told, <laughs> that is the most like inaccurate possible representation of what it means to appreciate them as a band. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect song for them to really kind of fuck over the rest of their career. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it really, I mean, it gave them, it yep. gave them a moment in the sun and it probably gave them a platinum record, Yeah. but it kind hooked. of like, kind of like extreme. It totally misrepresented yeah. it, it because they really were like, I always thought they had more in common with like an Alice in Chains or even yeah. I know Jason Beeler always talked about how he was way into Jason, uh, Jane's addiction mm-hmm. and I've stuff heard that like stuff. that too. Yeah. So they had, they had musically, I think more in common with the harder edge of the, of the bands that were coming up at the time. But yeah. they were, they were still kind of, you know, part of like, I think they, oddly enough, I think they actually, no, I, it's not a think. It's a definite. They they toured on the Lizard album with a opening for Extreme on the Three Sides tour. Oh, so it was almost oh like, man, I mean, you want to talk show. about? Yeah, you, know, you know, they might as well just yeah. call that tour. We're getting fucked. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Those like, those, I mean, like, those hit songs open doors for you, but they close yeah. a lot of doors too. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, and that's yeah. those those bands are are. You know, it's when you, you talk to someone who's casually into it, you know, and, and they and they, you know, it's it's all hair metal to them. And you know what? I can't. I can't. Can't disagree with it. I mean, those bands did have a lot of hair. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily fault I mean, them or anything. It's but. not yeah. it's not wrong. And yeah. to be honest, when I because of like I said earlier, because of the terminology being what it is now, it has become a term of endearment. You know, mm-hmm. so when people talk about hair metal now, it's definitely not with the vitriol that they were referring to it as in like, you know, 1994, where if yeah. someone like said, you like fucking hair metal. Right. Yeah. You know, it was like it was like, all right, well, OK, we're going to start tossing lunch trays and we're going to fucking start throwing hands. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah there, there's <laughs> so some charm like, to it now. Yeah, there's some charm to it now. But like it's still mm. I always have that because of my age, I mm-hmm. always have that this is well, they're taking the piss out of the band now. They're totally, yeah. they're totally cutting their balls off and, you know, yeah. they're just totally dismissing them as, as something just cut out in shit. Which is yeah. too bad because they should know, or people like, you know, our age should even know that, you know, the stuff that we were listening to in the 90s when it came up, there was probably lots of bands that had like a big single in the 90s and you find out if you would actually take the time and go buy that record, you know, it's like, oh mm-hmm. no, there's actually a lot of diversity going on here, but we got, yeah. Yeah. you know, like a weird case, and I'm not necessarily a fan or anything, but um, 
um, that group that had that Say That You Love Me song in the 90s. Uh, uh, the Cardigans. That was oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But apparently, like, they've, they've said things like, that song doesn't sound like the rest of our discography. Mm-hmm. It's, like, really mm-hmm. weird that that's the thing that got us famous because now we're all, the, everyone's yeah. going to think we sound like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, and that's what happens. I mean, I'm yeah. luckily, I'm, I'm lucky that, you know, basically anyone who's in my circle of friends that likes these bands, I mean, they, they know the good shit from the, the shit. You know, yeah. and so yeah. they, can, they, <laughs> nice. they can they can recognize, you know, yeah. good stuff is just good stuff. But, you know, it's just yeah. the the people that just casually like I, have you have you guys been following the Scorpion saga in the last couple of weeks about, about the winds of change? change? Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just listened and, to the first episode of that podcast. Uh, and here's my thing about that. The, first of all, the, the fucking concept is so insane and <laughs> off the wall yep. that, that it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, well, I have to hear how ridiculous this is. But my my problem is, is that like the guy who's doing it, he's kind of uninformed, like he just kind of. Casually yeah. passes off the Scorps as like this hair metal band, and that mm-hmm. fucking bothers me. As it and should, because they're from. Oh my god! I mean, yeah. they were they, around like, for like the, twelve years Mon- before. Yeah, I think their first album came out in like '69 or '70 yes, right. or something. Yeah, so it's like, and, and they're like, he was like, oh, there's just they're a German hair metal band, and then he was like. Wind of Change is cheesy, and I just like wanted to like reach my hand to my phone and just be like, <laughs> "Yeah, man, dude, I agree." Just, yeah. dude, fuck you. Like yeah. you were just like, and also like, granted, the whole. I'm really trying to go into this to an and, open mind. And just, and, so, and just to give so our listeners some context, we should probably mention that there's a podcast right now where uh, a journalist uh, has posited a theory that the CIA wrote the song "Wind of Change" for the Scorpions to try to influence Russia. Yeah, I mean it's it's so outlandish that it's like, well, you have to check it out. But also in the same respect too, like I kind of It's, it's a great podcast. <laughs> I I haven't heard the rest of it. I've only heard the first episode, but like I I kind of like I'm really conflicted because yeah, it's so it's so batshit crazy that I, I, I have to check it out. But also at the same same time, my brain is telling me these guys are trying to take something away from scorpions. Right. Right. Like, that is yeah. a, that is a good way to frame it. Cause it's like, yeah. Oh, so and you're it, saying the scorpions aren't capable of writing a song. And it's like, yeah. and, and not, and not only are you saying they're not capable of doing it, but you're taking away what is probably, I mean, you can argue either that or rock you like a hurricane. Are their their calling cards? Yeah, they yes, are. Absolutely. Those are huge and, songs. And, both of them. And wind yeah. of change is, is ginormous. And yeah, I love scorpions and, to me, it's almost like as a fan, I'm just like, you guys are trying to fucking ruin it for me. I know. <laughs> and a very fair like, point. And yeah. to me, it's like, if you're trying to ruin something for the Scorpions, I think like fundamentally, like I have like an issue with you. Yeah. Like, same, you same. Know, like, that's fair. That's like, a fair cop, man. Yeah. Like, well, and it's like, you know, so I'm kind of torn. Like the fan yeah. in me is kind of like, well, dude, fuck you. Why I, are you trying to? I'm trying to ruin this band, but the story is so fucking crazy. Yeah, I, like, I, I have to th- check it out. You yeah, know? I, I'm pretty sure that the theory is bullshit is my is my feeling. But uh, the journey uh, that the guy takes to get there is extremely well done. And and he's and he does do his research and stuff like that. That's what I, I, I got a friend who's a few episodes ahead of me on. It and he said that, well, first of all, he loves 
informed me how he's like, oh, dude, you're not going to like what he had to say in episode three or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, he loves he loves getting me wound up, you know, at, yeah. ahead of time. But he's also told me that it's very, very, yeah. very researched. And yeah. there's a lot of I think the way they went about doing the first episode, which was basically just to establish credibility of his main contact. I thought mm-hmm. that was really well done and probably really important to set up any sort of legitimacy for you know yeah. whatever point he's trying to prove so yeah it's good entertainment i don't believe yeah. I, I, I i can't I, believe the story though well yeah through that point i actually i was reading blabbermouth the other day and i found mm. an, an interview that just took place fairly recently with with klaus mina and they asked him about it and he apparently cracked up laughing and he's like wait a minute say what now and yeah which is kind of like what why is yeah. it that you would think of this and he, he seemed incredulous yeah i think i think the quote he said was this is what you americans call fake news that was it thank you oh my god i was trying to dig that sentence out of my head and i thought if i just yeah. talked long enough it would yeah. come out no nope. yeah. thank you yeah. well, hey greg we yeah. should probably get ready for our next call but we appreciate you yeah. taking the time to do this and this has been wonderful it's it's so great to meet you uh you know here over the phone uh, thanks for reaching out um i have one last um, question is it okay Okay, you sent me a, a fatal curse song. Is it okay if we do we have permission to play that in the podcast? Absolutely, sir. Okay, we're we're going to do that um, right after this. Absolutely, thank okay. you very much, you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Yeah, yeah. Have a have a great night. Yeah, you as well. Keep up killer work. Love it. All right. Thanks, thank man. you so much. Right, take care, guys. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. We thought we'd do something kind of cool for you here. We don't play a whole lot of music on the show we had a great time talking to the dude and it was a just wonderful making friends with him and he sent us a track from his band um and what we would like to do at this time is uh maybe you know play that for you and give you a little taste and you know you enjoy it you go seek them out you go follow them and they are fatal curse that's right <laughs> all right enjoy thanks guys listening we'll catch you on the next episode